Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 49. Today we're focusing on kindergarten in the music room. We'll also share highs and lows from our teaching week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And it's now time to talk it's about our highs and lows. Yeah. I'm just going to say it's been a while. I know we are, we're a little off schedule right now. Um, September was a lot of, a, a lot, lot of things. Stuff. Every weekend I had a uh, music ed Kodai workshop somewhere. Yeah. It was very awesome. Very exciting. I met lots of fantastic teachers and I'm very enriched for it, but it was every single weekend. Yeah. This is the first weekend where I am not going to an airport. So That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, on with highs and lows, specifically from the classroom, though. Carrie, oh. what have you got? Well, I'm just going to share a Not general the classroom, but low. like well, no, how it's it affecting. Is. Yeah, yes. no. I've just, I've been sick. <laughs> and I just wanted to say that because I might cough while we're recording today. Coughing happens. Um, Although I'm almost over it. My kids both got, you know, the back-to-school cold thing, and then, of course, they lovingly shared it with me. Mm-hmm. And like Tanya said, I wasn't presenting every single weekend, but I did do a couple of workshops in September, and I also had the OAKE Fall Board meeting, Yay. which was here in Denver, so I didn't really have to travel, but it was still, you know, long days and a lot of work. And I think just on top of everything else, not giving myself enough rest, I got sick, and I just want to share, like, if you're like me and you've had that back-to-school cold, man, it really sucks. Yeah. Sorry, there's no better word for that. And If, like, you, if you can stay home. Which I did one day, but this is that cough that just lingers. Like, my kids both had it for about two weeks. Ugh. And this is now I'm finally getting over it after week two. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I can't stay home for two weeks. And I didn't have a fever, you know, and I was past the point where – you would say I would be contagious other than the coughing part. So it's just constant hand washing, constant cough drops. Like I feel like I've had more cough drops in the last two weeks than I've mm-hmm. had in my whole life. But, and then just being creative with my lesson plans because my voice wasn't where it should have been and I yes. didn't want to cause further damage. So we did a lot of exploration of uh, Chrome Music Lab this week. Well, there you go. Which was good because I kind of wanted to give my kids a day just to explore it and kind of get that out of their system to play with all the goofy sounds like we've talked about in the last podcast. Oh my gosh, yes. um, the oscillator. The oscillator. All the, all the, well, what they discovered was the like anything where you can record your voice and then manipulate it to uh-huh. sound really weird and strange. They love Oh, that yeah. One. I had an awesome uh, eighth grader, and she was just over the moon on that. She was like, oh, yeah. check this out. And, oh, like, yeah. She recorded herself, and she like pressed it and oh did all these oh, compressed they, it. They the loved things. that even more than the oscillator, ah. but it was equally annoying. But anyways, now that they've gotten that out of the system, I feel like I can plan some purposeful things with Chrome Music Lab because right. they've gotten that exploration. So anyways, having been sick, and then you know, meanwhile, while I was sick, I did my workshop for Rocky for mm-hmm. the Colorado Kodai chapter, and I think it went great, and I everyone was awesome very gracious. Things. Oh, well, thank you. Everyone was very sweet, and I was really happy about it. But, you know, just that feeling of not being 100% was, you know, it was a bummer. So, anyways, I'm just over being sick. I've been cleaning my house like mad and 
poor Tanya is like freezing in my house right it's now because I opened all the windows trying to just let the fresh air But you in. made me coffee, so it's all bad. I did. I made you decent coffee. Yay. Not great coffee. Oh, and my cat's in here meowing. So yes. we've got lots of stuff going on today. So anyways, that's my general low. It's being ill. It's just being sick and I'm over it, but okay. I'm almost done. Okay, how about you, Tanya? Um, well, I also have a low. Uh, and... It's not, it's not a huge, well, I don't know. It, it's an okay, okay low. It's not like the end of the world or anything. Yeah. Um, so kindergarten, I have, um, in kindergarten, I have w- one student who's a little sensitive um, and sometimes joins us, but sometimes sticks on the periphery and does what we're doing, but doesn't really want to be a part of the group. And sometimes he does want to be a part of the group. And I'll call him Roger for these purposes. His <laughs> name is name. not Roger. I, I've never taught a Roger, but anyway. <laughs> so um, we were doing, it was the end of class, and we were doing some beekeeping things where I put on the the recording of the uh, Fox Went Out on a Chilly Night. Oh, um, the Nickel. The Nickel Creek, Creek. one, oh, not the that. Pete Seeger one, which I adore as well. Yeah. And, of course, there's a fantastic book that I'll link to, a Peter Spire yeah. illustrated book. And it's it's a lovely thing to sing to your children and then to hear the Nickel Creek and or the Pete Seeger one. We yeah. can talk about comparing different versions if you really want to go there. Anyway, so we're just moving and it's that thing where I hit the triangle and then we're in a circle and we follow someone and they're beat keeping whatever they choose to do. And then I hit the triangle and I go, okay, now it's Carrie's turn. Ding. And then Carrie leads us. And I go, oh, now it's Carla's turn. Ding. And then Carly. And it. So my kindergarten, my kindergartner, Roger, who can be sensitive, he was really participating with us a lot that day. But he was also taking some time to do whatever we were doing like on the outside yeah so he was not in our circle at this point but he was kind of he was just a couple feet away and I took a chance and I thought at the very end I was like I wonder if I make it him will it will he do it let's see that's what my brain said yeah let's see what happens let's do a little experiment and that didn't go well oh no so I went ding Roger everyone follow Roger and Roger goes no and then and then he laid down oh and you know what all the kids did they all laid down they all laid down oh which was very amusing but at the same time I was feeling bad because did he get upset when people he, copied him laying down yes he did so he did he started oh. screaming oh. nobody lay down but me I'm the oh. one who gets to lay down I'm like okay and on one hand, I was like, dude, you can't stop us from laying down. Well, but on the other hand, I know that... Did you it, that just quickly ding the triangle and move I on did. to another kid? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. And um, there was a para that was coming in really right at that moment to get him to go somewhere else. Yeah. And um, so, timing. yeah, and he was able to decompress. But oh. I, I kind of... So it's one of those where I, I felt bad... I mean, he he got over it quickly. Well, you tried to give him an opportunity. I he did. might have enjoyed it. Yes. But in this case, he didn't. But then I also feel bad because I was so very amused when all <laughs> when all the all kindergartners the kind of lay down. down. It's kind of like a ostrich sticking their head in the ground, kind of. Kind feeling. of like like Aww. these sweet kindergartners. They're like, we'll do whatever you tell huh. us to do it. We do it. We follow <laughs> Roger. We're following Roger. Roger lays down. We lay down. Is this the same student who had the major concern about you playing the dulcimer? Oh, um, I remember at the beginning of the year you told a story about a student who was like freaking out as soon as you got the dulcimer. Right? Are you gonna play that? Are you gonna play that? Was it the same kid? 
No, it was oh. not. <laughs> okay, I just had to ask. Uh, I was thinking about. They say the. They kindergartners say the, say the darndest thing. Maybe we need to do a whole episode of Kindergartners Say the Darndest Things. Oh, that would be fun. Uh-huh. Start writing stuff. But down. I tell you what, I have them at the very end of the day. When they come in my room, I get like two or three, Miss Lejeune, I love you. Aw. Which is I just get, great. when do we go home? <laughs> <laughs> is it time now? I had a kid just look at me yesterday and just go, I miss my mommy. Oh. I said, I miss my mommy too. It's okay. Let's, Let's all lay music. down. and uh, Yeah, I felt like it was needed to be a community nap time at that point. So, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> it was kind of a low because I made the wrong choice. Um, but, it, I mean, he got over it quickly. I, I hope I didn't, like, you know. That song now he's going to hear when he's 35 years old and like <laughs> it's going to terrify him for the exactly. rest of his life. Exactly. Anyway, Aww, it, we, we're okay. So for today's main theme, we are going to be doing a focus on kindergarten. And this is going to kind of kick off a series where each episode from now through probably the holidays we're going to be uh talking on specific yeah talking about a specific grade level and just kind of giving an overview of kind of what makes that grade level unique right kind of how we approach what are some of the concepts and things that we're working on in that grade you give some specific ideas yeah and i would like to put out a little disclaimer right now because if you specifically who are listening do not teach kindergarten don't shut us off oh no because i did not have kindergarten for many many years yeah when you don't teach kindergarten but you happen to teach the rest of the elementary school right. your first grade at least the first half of the year becomes kindergarten yeah. concepts yeah and um Kind of sad, but true. If you don't cover a lot of these kindergarten concepts, you will see that maybe in second and third, fourth, whichever grade that you're starting with, that they don't have a very clear concept of a lot of these concepts. Like I have had kids who have come into our school brand new who are, say, fourth grade and fifth grade and don't really understand the difference between high and low and loud and soft, for example. Right. So I'm not saying that I stop everything and I teach the fourth graders kindergarten concepts not at all i'm just saying that if you don't have kindergarten these concepts and ideas that we're talking about in the kindergarten classroom are the basic foundation building blocks of a music education like framework this is where you should be starting this is where you should be starting that's or if you have preschoolers you could Mm -hmm. bring some of these things into preschool and i I can't really speak to this but if you have (laughs) middle schoolers who don't are not beat competent or understanding opposites and comparatives like how i don't that would be a whole other episode that honestly i am not right now qualified to, to talk <laughs> i don't know to many people who are but i mean as far as like those older beginner concepts because mm-hmm. obviously you'd be teaching the same concepts but with totally different right, i'm not going to stand my seventh and eighth graders in a circle and ding the triangle but... i kind of feel like i'd like to see how that would go but yeah. not really yeah all right well <laughs> Let's anyway, back, back to, kindergarten. to kindergarten. So yes, please keep start, listening. Yes. Totally, we're going to start just by talking about just kind of our our general lesson structure, how often we see the kids, and for mm-hmm. what period of time. Exactly. So I have a new schedule with my kiddos this year, where I am seeing my kindergartners as well as my first and second graders for thirty minutes at a time. But I'm seeing them either three or four days a week. That's fantastic. I'm seeing them more often, and this is a result of unfortunately. 
we've lost a lot of kids at our school due to a variety of reasons. And so because we have less students, I'm able to see them more often. It's really That is a fantastic decision on your administrator, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And so rather than using us to do recess duty or pull out intervention groups, um, we basically suggested to him, hey, what if we made our special schedule so the teachers get more planning time and we see the kids more often? Win-win, right? And Mm -hmm. he was like, yep, all for it. So yeah. So I am very lucky that I get to see my kids a lot. Yay. And how about you, Tanya? Well, the world's different now. Um, I have two schools, so I see kids five days in a row, Mm -hmm. uh, which is wonderful because I can build like Monday through Friday. I can really take something and and build it all the way to Friday. But then um, I have to, I see a whole new set of kids on Monday. Yeah. So I don't see that same group. So just now I got done uh, with my blue group of kiddos. Right. And I won't see them for (laughs) for two weeks. Right. And um, so far I have noticed that Mondays are a little challenging. So I'll be starting at my mountain school this Monday and I'll say, hi, kids. Remember me? Remember (laughs) we were working on X, Y, and Z? And they'll go, "Uh, what? And it'll take probably that first Monday class period for us to get back in the groove of now we're in music and we're doing these things. And I've, uh, you know, honestly, I'm only on my third week of lessons because of this. And because we've had some interruptions. There's been some three-day weeks. There's been some four-day weeks. So it's a little tricky with the planning. I I haven't figured out the answer. Honestly, I feel like I'm planning every single day again. Yeah. Because in my mountain school... They um, they have slightly different competencies sure. than at my homeschool, so I'm I'm doing the same material, but I'm not doing everything exactly the same way. And even with kindergarten, even though with both of those schools, but it's see, the first I don't have years. kindergarten at my oh, mountain you know, school. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so my first just... graders are basically gotcha. what I'm doing. I'm they're doing kindergarten oh, concepts. Okay. okay. I wish I had the kindergartners. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because you see middle schoolers there. Yes. Another limitation that it's just, I'm not complaining, (laughs) it's just the reality of the situation is that at my mountain school, I do not have a smart board, Mm -hmm. which is fine. That that I can get around. But I have a projector, and the projector needs to be rolled into the middle of the room. All right. So that really is affecting my lesson structure. Yeah. As far as, like, what we do and when, because we do a lot of movement. Sure. And then we sit down and we do board work, but the board work is only on a screen. And so I've been kind of challenged by that and I'm doing I'm doing a lot more writing on the actual I have two whiteboards. Uh-huh. So I'm doing a lot more writing on the whiteboard yeah. and I'm also using gigantic sticky notes. Right. to do some things which is kind of getting cluttered. So yeah, I'm still figuring out the logistics <laughs> of all that stuff yeah. and whereas like a lesson that I would do at my home school, which would flow nicely. And then we go to the board and we read the rhythm. And, and now we're, you know, looking at the melody and we are able to manipulate on the smart board. I can't do that yeah, at my it's smart at a school. So it's, it's a work in progress. So but when you do see your kindergartners at your home school, you see them for a full week. If it's, a full I see week them a full week. So and sorry, 45 yeah. minute classes. Yes. Okay. 45 minute classes with kindergarten for a full week. And then I don't see them for two weeks. Okay. Yes. All right. Sorry to make that short story very too much. No, long. no, no, no. Yeah. It's 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 interesting because I know a lot of schools that do that kind of planning, like what you have, like the week long. You see them for a week, full mm-hmm. week, and then two weeks off, or even three weeks off. 
And so it's good to be able to present both options. Yeah. And like I said, I'm still figuring it out. I'll probably have it totally figured out by the end of the year. Yeah. And then everything will change. Cool. Because that's how it is. Yeah, of course. So if we're talking about in my class, 30 minute classes and your class, 40 minute classes, 45, 45 minutes classes about how many activities in a kindergarten class would you recommend? Well, it depends. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, (laughs) As a rule of thumb, I try to make my lesson segments to match the, and then we've said this before, to match the age of the student. Now, I have four-year-olds in kindergarten. Oh, right, because Because they can not turn five till October, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we still have some four-year-olds. Yeah. That doesn't, I don't think I've done anything with kindergarten in less than four minutes. Right. Except for say hi. Right, right, Um, right. So I'm probably averaging five to six minutes lesson segments Uh but sometimes I'll push it depending on where their attention is sometimes I'll go a little further okay so I I definitely have like five to eight activities or something within a lesson what about you yeah about the same and I I use the same rule of thumb about you know the minutes of the of the lesson segment equal the age of the child Mm -hmm. and then obviously you want to do some alternating between seated activities and movement activities just to keep them up and down and Uh up and down Mm -hmm. it's like a church service right (laughs) up and down and up and down right but i mean they need that that variety going on they definitely need that variety and um movement yeah and we'll talk more about movement but like not just moving non-locomotor but like really moving through the room, through space. They need to explore the space. They need to explore what their bodies can do. Mm-hmm. And kindergarten is, well, all grade levels need that. But sure. kindergarten are going to be a lot more freer with that. And that's the time to really implement this. We're in the music room and we also move and we can establish not being embarrassed about it. Right. Right. So can you kind of give the rundown of kind of what a typical kindergarten list lesson looks like as far as like how do you come in the room what do you do first what do you do next like if you could go with like a generic lesson plan what does it look like for you oh okay um i do (laughs) i'm putting you're putting me on the spot i'll I'll say mine if it's different or okay whatever well i'm just going off the top of my head because i didn't know you were going to ask me that i'm sorry i'm not going to pull up a lesson plan right now but generally they come to my room um, this is a new thing, the kindergarten at my homeschool coming to my room because we were doing in-room oh, right. music and yeah. PE because last year, the kindergartners last year, they were having some hard times transitioning through the hallways. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, as first graders, they are still having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Now, what we've come to find out is that this is not necessarily the way of things. This particular cohort of first graders... I wish they acted like the the kindergartners we have now. Oh, right. They're not, they're just not. Um, they have difficulties. They have some, cha- <laughs> yeah, they, they, they just have some challenges transitioning and keeping their bodies in control and understanding that uh, we're not going to recess, we're going to art, music, or PE. Right, right. Um, you know, that, that's a whole other story. Kindergarten, we come in the room, I give them a greeting, I do my hug or handshake or Uh high five. I usually have music playing or a short video Uh going so that once they get to their line spot, they can sit and focus on something. Okay. Right? I'm not writing right now on the board, hey, can you find the beat of this? Because they're not reading. They're not reading. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, so I have been going with videos, short and sweet videos, and I've had the whole school focusing on 
one family of the orchestra okay. each week. Mm -hmm. I just decided to do that school-wide to make sure it was done because this is something that gets slippery in my world. Uh -huh. um, it was orchestra family. So right. it's been just kind of a, a standard thing. So, all right, I'm making it way too long. No, this is okay. They come in, <laughs> they look, they watch or listen to the little snippet. It takes less than two minutes to do the meeting, come through the doorway. And then we have an opening song. Mm -hmm. Right now we're Mighty Pretty Motioning it. Mm -hmm. That's a Mighty Pretty Motion, did I D? And they're showing me a motion. Mm -hmm. Rise, sugar, rise. And then we do some call and um, they do some echoing, like, Yoo-hoo, Melody, Yoo-hoo, Miss Lejeune, whatever. Uh -huh. And I'm and taking... you do that with each kid? I do that with each kid. Mm -hmm. And we already did our <clears throat> four voices, so they're pretty solid. Good. On the four voices. Anyway, uh, then we will play a game uh -huh. right away. Yeah. Uh, then I might just, at the end of the game, take just a tiny bit of time to focus our attention on something specific, like, oh, how was our body moving uh, when we were uh, doing this part of the game? Mm -hmm. And I'm not naming concepts right now. Anyway, uh, then we'll probably do a another game, honestly, yeah. that is movement uh, around the room, depending on what the last one is. Then we'll probably uh, sit down and do a, a call and response song or an echo song. And the order of these are all, it's all different. No, that's okay. That's just yeah. Uh, thinking through. Thinking through. Yeah. Oftentimes, when they come in, I'll kind of read the room. Uh -huh. And if they need to do more of the movement up front, we'll do that. Yeah. If they're really focused, I might go right away to... Here's our sitting down, we're singing this, or we're using this instrument, and we're really focused on this specific concept, even though we haven't named it yet. Mm -hmm. um, so I alternate between, like you said, getting them moving around, getting them sitting down, and focused on something. Yeah. We're taxing and relaxing. I love that. Um, and then I will admit that closure is not my strong suit. Yeah, yeah. But I try to do a closing song. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using Ba Ba Butterfly from the Amadons. Mm -hmm. I'm growing up uh, where they echo. And then I line them up and we go out the door, sometimes like silent ninjas, if I'm taking them all the way back. And that's just a very general, vague kind of <laughs> like, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down. <clears throat> totally. We're moving, we're moving in a circle. Meaning that we're all standing in a circle and we're moving non-locomotor. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we're scattered and we're moving around the room like engine, engine number nine. And then we come back. So we do a lot of... In kindergarten, they have line spots where they're all facing the board. I don't do a lot of them looking at the board. I do right. a lot of things in circles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that well, was way too long. Tell me oh, yours. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, similar. So, again, because mine's 30 minutes. Um you know, same idea, but probably just with a few less segments. So they come in um, following my drum. So I just use one of my lollipop drums, and I'm having them respond to something. So because we've been doing a lot with fast and slow, I'm having them match their feet to the drum, and they're moving fast or slow as they come into the room. Mm -hmm. And then they go to assigned spots. And I have assigned spots within a circle. So they go right to their oh, circle. that's great. Assigned spots. And then we sing a hello song, and I do the sing hello to everyone, 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 sing hello to everyone, sing hello. Not that low, but you know, because mm -hmm. my voice is a little tired. I'm and singing a little And does everyone low. sing everybody's name? Not for that. So I just do, I'll just choose a couple random motions for that one. Okay. So then we'll just do clap hello to everyone or 
tap your head to everyone and I just choose and we do like three or four of those just to get them yes. kind of moving and that's like my my pre-motion exactly. three or four. so I was I gonna do... ask if you do like sing hello to Ryan, Ryan I don't Ryan. with kinder and again I mean because of the 30 minutes uh -huh. I don't want to go through every single kid for that yes but I do go through every single kid for, for the roll for call the thing, echo the thing. so mm -hmm. and I just do hello everyone hello Miss Nicholas and so then we go through each kid and pass the little magic plastic microphone around so they oh, sing into that's the a, microphone. See, that's a nice little extra touch that I've not done. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really try to like ooh, make it a big deal of who gets the microphone first and I try to give it to a ringer, you know, who's yeah, going to yeah. sing tunefully and then really encourage that. And then after that I usually do some sort of echo song or simple song. So we've been singing out in the woods, out in the woods, right, right. there was a tree, you know. You're getting so specific. Oh, that's awesome. Well, no. I'm just kind of giving some ideas. And yes. then after the echo song we usually do do some sort of free movement through space and so like right we've been doing so, the autumn leaves are falling song yes. the little minor tune that we love so much and they've been moving with scarves and exploring that and then they usually come back and then we kind of do something that's more conceptual so right now we're talking about up and down movement mm -hmm. our music that goes up and music that goes down and then the other thing that I really try to include in every single kindergarten lesson is some sort of instrument experience this is that is a good thing and yeah. I have not been is good at that and I just feel like that really creates the buy-in from kindergarten they kind of know it's coming um, and it usually comes later in the lesson so they know that oh if you're not following directions during the movement if you're not keeping your hands to yourself you're not gonna get to play the instrument that really becomes the carrot of the lesson that's great so every class period I try that doesn't mean every it always happens but it um, could be as simple as we're all shaking egg shakers or all tapping sticks or this week they've been taking turns playing the tone bars up and down and I have a system for how I do that that I can talk about later okay so then after we do the instrument thing we usually do another circle game or some sort of movement activity and then I do like you said like to finish with some sort of um, closure activity but for me it usually that's when I either read a story mm -hmm. or sing a, a listening song or a right. song tale or something like that and then we sing goodbye and we line up and off we go that's so great. That's kind of my Thank general. you for being so specific well, after my Miranda no, around. No, it's fine. And I think it is important to recognize that, yeah, it's good to kind of have a general game plan for what you're going to do, especially mm -hmm. with kinder, because they do strive for consistency and it's yes. good to provide that. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you do the same thing every single no. time in the same order. But to have the same structure. Yeah, but yeah. you also have to, like you said, read the room. If they're coming into you kind of wackadoodle and wiggling, right. it's good to give them more movement experiences. If mm -hmm. they're coming in kind of tired, then maybe that's a good day to do more seated things because movement might not be what they need at that moment. Right, and yeah. Uh, this is one of those I've, I've noticed just specifically in my teaching um, as a teacher who's been teaching for you know a while my I've one of my strengths I, th I think is teaching the kids in the room yeah. where they're at and reading them yeah so this is a I, I think it's a I, it is a strength my principals have mentioned that this is a strength that I have you can own it yes however it has also become a weakness of mine <laughs> in what way in the way that I don't get when I'm doing my lesson planning I don't I, well I I will build a very specific lesson plan mm -hmm. but I will change on a dime oh yeah if needed yeah. and then I don't always go back and like <laughs> note that right which is messing me up yeah because there have been a couple of times where I have pulled a song out 
that I was like, wow, this would be a perfect time. They need to do this, yeah. right? And you have and all then of I, those in your back pocket. You I, know exactly. Them and yeah. then I don't write it down. So writing it down is brutal thing. honesty here. That's a that's that's something I need to like really clean up yeah. because then a few weeks later I might do a, that song with the kids like, oh, we did this. But then another class yeah. would be like. Never done this. Right. So it's the organizational piece that I need to, just as a little reminder, it's so so tiring at the very end of the day when, like, the last thing you want to do is sit down and go, okay, what What just happened? What did I actually do? Yeah. What did I actually do at this little moment that wasn't with Uh the plan? Right? I'm such a nerd that that's exactly what I do. You're so good. No, this is just me being extremely type A, and I own that. Where at the end of the day, I sit down and I go through every single lesson plan I taught and I mark how far I got in the lesson if it's just a matter of I didn't get through everything or cross stuff out, write stuff in with pencil. Because I do print out my lesson plans. Mm-hmm. I type them and I print them. And then now when I you write, write it in with pencil, pencil, you go back later and and uh, and type it in again? No, no, no. Because that then just you... ends up being for me like, So you okay. keep a paper archive of all the things. <clears throat> Just for me. Just, right, right. just for me. Um, and then, you know, I still have them electronic, you know. That right. But so back. if you have them electronically, you don't go in electronically? No, because like... it's not about that. It's more about um, making sure that I've taught the same thing to all sections of that grade, like you mentioned. Right. So, yeah, I'll just write it in so that when I, for me, then when I teach the same lesson the next day, right. because mine is that constant rotating thing, um, I'll teach the same thing that I taught the day before. I understand. For I, the most part. I yeah. used to be a lot more type A. I, <laughs> I'm a, more of an A minus. Oh, I'm not, right. you know. We all go through phases. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's get maybe into some of more of the nitty gritty of some of the things we're really trying to focus on. Yes. So let's talk about Steady Beat. Let's talk about Steady Beat. <laughs> so off mic, we were talking about Steady Beat. And, you know, Steady Beat is kind of a concept in first grade in my world where I kind of prepare it and then right. I present it in the way of like showing the heartbeat equals the steady beat of music and we're doing a lot of things with beat charts originally with icons and then we switch to heartbeats because then that sets us up for ta and titi later right yeah. mm-hmm. but in kindergarten land we're doing lots of things we're experiencing steady beat mm-hmm. i'm modeling steady beat we might do some iconic notation of steady beat but really it's more just the physical experience if you, yeah if you're in the kodai mindset and you um have experienced or have heard of the idea of Preparation, present, practice. Yeah. I really have often thought of kindergarten could be a whole big preparation for these concepts that you're going to get to in first grade. Right. So that is perfectly acceptable if you are just, if you're filling them with fantastic repertoire and moving and singing and getting them to fall in love with music. Yeah. Uh, you're laying the groundwork. And it has changed over the years, I really have noticed, that we have children coming to us that haven't heard nursery rhymes, for example. Sure, yeah. And they're not familiar with songs that, when I first started teaching, everybody knew. Most kids do not know. Yeah. Right? Um, I forget what it was the other day, but I mentioned Row, Row, Row Your Boat to some older kids, and they didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, I know. It's sad. So that's weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the new normal, and that's, you know, it's just what what it is now that I don't think that they're getting that kind of exposure. Mm -hmm. So even more so now, if kindergarten is a lot of song and song and game, experiencing music, moving to music, listening to awesome recorded music, um, 
and just filling their up, filling them up and getting them steeped in fantastic songs yeah. and repertoire and getting them to do it so that they're not doing it in your room, they're doing it everywhere, yeah. right? That's the best compliment that you can get, right? Totally. If a parent or teachers are like, oh, they're driving me crazy with such and such song, yeah. you go, yeah. Yes. yes. Um, so it's a big, it can be a big prep. Totally. So I, and I say this mostly because I just want to give a little words of comfort to brand new teachers. I've talked to a few brand new teachers over the last month when I've been doing these workshops in Arizona and Oklahoma and California, where mm -hmm. we, and you and I yes. in California, when brand new teachers come up and they are, um, very concerned about getting it all done and yeah. making sure they're planning well and making sure they get that they're teaching they're actually yeah. teaching and that the kids are learning the things and both you and i we said it's okay yeah make them love music yeah and come back next year yeah it's all about building the relationship build the relationship and having them be steeped in all of these musical experiences and really you're building a relationship with music too totally they are you're helping facilitate them building a relationship with music that they haven't had before, yeah. especially as active participants. Yeah, it needs to feel fun. Right. So I'm not, I'm not giving enjoyable. a pass. Like, please don't have principals and administrators calling me up, saying that I heard you say, just sing and don't do anything just else. Just do the music and don't worry. What I'm saying is that we we tend to get really concerned, especially when we're brand new teaching, yeah. Yeah. about oh my gosh, am I really teaching? Am I really teaching? Well, you know, kids are not going to be learning if they don't, if they don't love you or if they don't like you and if they don't have a relationship with you and if they don't like what's going on in class. Right. So you got to tend to that first because you can be teaching your butt off, but if the kids don't have a relationship with you or if they're not engaged in the music, you're, they're not learning and totally. that's not really teaching. But yeah. yeah. So kindergarten, especially Fill them with good stuff. Good yeah. stuff, good stuff, good stuff. So talking about steady beat, I mean, I probably will say the words, show me this beat. And it's not that I'm like trying to give away all of the secrets of what we're going to do in first grade, but it's kind of hard to replace that word beat when you're in that quote unquote preparation stage. Of I, I say, so I have been known to say, um, can you move with the music? Yeah, exactly. Right. Can hey, you yeah. follow the music? I can might you? say, show me this motion. Like you're talking about mighty pretty motion. That's right. a great example where you're doing a beat motion. You might not call it a beat, but my, my point being that if you slip and say the word beat, it's not like it's going it, like, to The Kodai police won't come and get you. And this is where, like I was mentioning about instruments, I'm doing a lot of beat motions with instruments. We've oh, yes. got rhythm sticks and we're tapping along with recorded music and now we're tapping the floor and now we're tapping our shoes and we play a lot of what I call the copycat game, kind of mm -hmm. like what you were talking about where, okay, one day they're copying me and then another day it's one student at a time exactly. and they're copying that student. And now when it comes to instruments, mm -hmm. I'd like to put in a plug in for everybody has the same instrument oh, yes. idea. Yes. And um, I ha just yesterday I was doing something with kindergarten where everyone had a different instrument, but we weren't playing the beat. Okay. But when it comes to beat activities, yes. I'm a fan of everybody has a triangle. Yes. And everybody has a, or everybody has rhythm sticks or mm -hmm. a wood block. And the reason for that is, especially the younger ones who don't have experiences with instruments, they will not be able to focus on anything else except for, I didn't get the instrument I wanted, yes. and now I have this egg shaker, and I'm bummed out, and they won't be able to focus. Right. So that's yeah, why I, I think... I have a couple of instruments where I have whole class sets of. Yes, I have a whole shakers, class set of sticks. shakers, 
triangles, rhythm sticks. Um, oh, here's a little thing. Uh, sand blocks. Yeah. I got this oh, directly yes. from David Rao, and I I did it. I pool noodles. Yeah. I cut pool noodles in, oh, I don't know, like four-inch segments, and then mm -hmm. I cut them in half. I let my 14-year-old cut them in half because, boy, that was the highlight of his afternoon. Nice. Was cutting up pool noodles. Nice. And then... I think we mentioned this already. And when you rub them together, you, they, they don't fall apart. Yeah, because I remember you like were saying, I was they, wondering, like, do they crumble up and fall apart? <clears throat> no. The biggest problem I've had with them is that some of them my son cut cut a little too small, and some of them like just bounce out of their hands because they're too small. Right. But they have been excellent. At my mountain school, I didn't have sand blocks, and then I have a bunch of I don't know about anybody else, but I have a bunch of ones that are beat up and the sandpapers falling off them, and oh, it's just yeah. a pain to repair. Yeah. These sand blocks, they sound great, yeah, and they're really easy to use, and I haven't had any issues. So thank you, David Rao. It, it make moments matter. Cheap and cheerful cheap, idea. Yeah, especially I bet now maybe you could find some cheap pool noodles now that we're if done you can still find with them. summer if you can still find them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, big fan of. Everybody has the same thing. Uh, steady beat is very important that we feel it. We move to it. Mm -hmm. uh, so putting on music that has a good steady beat. Now, here's my whole plug about pick music that is faster than 120. Yeah. Yeah. So we have there's, there's a lot of marches in the world that when I was a beginning teacher, I was like, Susa marches. There we go. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. They can't yeah. keep the beat very well to those yeah. their legs are short yeah and they are very close to the ground yeah and for them to keep a slower tempo is much more effort totally so let's talk about another big goal for kindergarten and that is to get them singing to get them singing in their singing. head voice mm -hmm. so um vocal exploration is huge yes and another plug for john fire robin he has so many great things for little kids in particular with you know the first steps in music series and then he's got all those great little books and one of them is the vocal exploration book yes which provides lots of different ideas for vocal exploration mm -hmm. we do a lot of things with scars yes we and do... get yourself a slide whistle if you don't have one oh, already yeah. Yeah. Where they're Im imitating the sounds of the slide whistle. Yeah. Um, We're going to be drawing some uh, roller coasters on whiteboards yep. pretty soon where they just kind of draw different things and try to trace it with their finger. Right. You can use pipe cleaners. I was going to say pipe things. cleaners. The the whole idea, especially with vocal exploration, is doing one thing 100 different ways. Oh, totally. The novelty of the thing. like. Yeah. Um, you can get away with doing a pipe cleaner song composition one week, and then a couple weeks later, you can bring out, like maybe near Halloween, the sparkly pipe oh, cleaners yes. that are now like you know Halloween kind. colors, and you All can right. connect it to ghost melodies, yeah. right? Um, I do with. Well, yeah, I mean, we all do the pipe cleaner thing, but I like them to have, like, a little time limit mm -hmm. that they have to have it done by. Otherwise, they'll just spend forever, like, twisting it up in a million different ways. Yeah. So by the time we have said, Miss White had a fright in the middle of the night, saw a ghost eating toast halfway up the lamp post. By the end of that, they got to have a new composition. Right? Yeah. And then we all, so you're kind of making your own A, B, A, B, A, B. Totally. Not that you. Not that I'm calling attention to that. Yeah. It's no, just no, no. kind of just... a way to keep it moving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tying those transitions in is important. Again, with Kinder, keeping their attention. Exactly. And so, in addition to vocal exploration, and this is something I've been saying in all my workshops, the road to in-tune singing, vocal exploration, and solo singing. Yep. 
So as far as favorite solo singing games, yes. I mean, I'm just I'm gonna say Doggy Doggy. That's always a favorite for the kids. Doggy it, it Doggy, is. where's your bone? Someone stole it from your home. Who stole the bone? And then, I stole your bone. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Um, you know, just a classic, mm-hmm. but that's always a favorite. Yes. What about is, you? That is a favorite. Um, in regards to Doggy Doggy, I just oh, wanted yeah. to say I have seen and heard of teachers who have the kids bark. I would say don't do that. No. <laughs> if you have a fantastic solo singing game, make them sing it. And then later, after they've known it and they've done it a few times, you could go, all right, now you could disguise your voice like as a dog. But even then, I have them bark instead of saying, who has my bow? I have the bow. And they would go, rough, 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 rough. I let them do that much later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you but gotta keep the singing. Keep the as singing long as on the solo singing. If you've got a solo singing opportunity, Use it. Keep it pure. Keep it, yes. Um, well, We Are Dancing in the Forest is a favorite one, but I honestly don't. I save it until first grade. Oh, okay. Because I use it for law. Yeah. And I know that it is a fantastic thing to have a song, a game, and then revisit it. Um, but that's just one that I think because of the words, We Are Dancing in the Forest While the Wolf is Far Away, who knows what will happen to us is kind yeah. of hard for them to grasp onto. Yeah. So I do save it for first grade. I'm a big fan of the who has the, and there's lots of variants of this, but I've seen it as who has the penny in that ORF volume that is not, let's see, music for children, like preschool. Mm-hmm. It's um, who has the penny? I have the penny. It's like a so me thing. Yeah. Right? I've all, you can not have a penny. You can have a pumpkin, right? Mm-hmm. So you can use objects and pass them out and have kids echo. I learned one back in my student teaching days, which actually has a different melody Mm -hmm. that I'm a big fan of. And it's, who has the penny? I I have the the penny. penny. Who has the pumpkin? I I have the pumpkin. Who has the witch? I I have have the witch. witch. Give them to another. So I learned that. I'm sure it's from some textbook series from the 80s. You know, way back when. But the kids are able to do that one. And I do make sure that when I pass out the things, that I start with kids that I'm reasonably sure that are going to sing it in tune. Yeah. And I save that, I have the whatever, the last one, which Uh goes pretty high for kids that are, like, really solid. Yeah. Um, I like using finger puppets with that because I got a bazillion finger puppets. And, like, you were talking about being thematic. That's a real easy way to be thematic is with your puppet selection on which puppets come out. Totally. At certain times of the year. All right, so those are some solo singing things. And we're just going to briefly touch on the other kindergarten concepts Mm -hmm. and give a shout-out to one or two favorites. Of course, there's a bunch of things. um, A bunch of of songs and games that fit all of these things. So the comparatives that we're really focusing on are fast, slow. Fast versus slow or fast, slow, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Loud, soft, or loud, quiet. I know... People are very, it doesn't matter if you want to say, pick one and be be consistent. (laughs) Up, down. Uh Or, yeah, up and down. High, low. Yes. Right? Long, short. Yep. And all of these things, of course, lovely, in a very lovely way, they transition us towards the musical concepts that we're exploring in first grade, Mm -hmm. like long, short being your ta and tt. Yeah. And all of those. And your high, low being so and me. 
All right, so let's just go out down the list. Okay. Fast, slow. Fast, slow. Well, we this is train world for me. Yes. So engine, engine number nine is is a classic that I use, and I just chant it. I know there's versions that have melodies, but I like to do the chant for this one. Right. And so when the train is going up the mountain, oh, it's working so hard, so it's going slow. And when it's going down the mountain, oh, it's just cruising along and it's going much faster. Okay. And that's really how I introduce that concept to kindergartners is through okay. chanting engine engine number nine. Awesome. How um, about you? I want to mention one that is not as well-known, or maybe it is. I don't know. I like Willoughby because it's one of the first experiences where kids are across from each other in a long way set, mm -hmm. and they step forward, and they gently sway with their partner, and it goes, this way go Willoughby, Willoughby, Willoughby. This way go Willoughby all day long. And then they take a big step back, back to home base. Mm -hmm. And then the head pair, they can dance down the alley however they want, as long as they're being safe. Mm -hmm. And we're all clapping and singing, dancing down the alley, the alley, the alley, dancing down the alley all day long. Once they get a hold of that melody, then you can accompany on you know, piano or guitar and Fun. really emphasize. I like to make sure I have some fast slow things that were that were singing because i've got a lot of fast slow instrumental sure um recordings that we listen to yeah all right should we move on sure <laughs> loud, loud and, and soft. soft um you want to go first i'll mention one? before you you get to yeah yeah i'll, I'll steal the surprise symphony is that what you're oh, gonna say no oh i'm glad you're saying it though. okay well you know that's your classic Oh, you know, Mr. Hyden was getting irritated because people were falling asleep. Yeah. So he decided to play a little trick on everyone. Okay. And we recreate that famous night where they are the patrons in the seats, and I'm the conductor, and we experience the surprise. Mm -hmm. You gotta find. You gotta make sure you have a good recording because if the if the surprise is not much of a surprise, then it's just wasted. Yeah. Yeah. And then they jump up and we talk about, ooh, how. <laughs> he surprised the audience all of a sudden. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people already do that one, but oh, it's, yeah, a, no, it's, it's a good standard. Yeah. Um, for me, Loud Soft World is where we're talking about the bears. Okay. So the grizzly bears grizzly sleeping bear. in the cave. Um, if you don't know it, we'll just sing it real quick. Well, yeah. Grizzly bear, oh, grizzly bear is sleeping in a cave. And then you repeat that, right? Uh, yeah, I do. For in my version, I don't repeat that. That's okay. okay. We can anyways. Grizzly bear, oh, grizzly bear is sleeping in a cave. Please be very quiet, very, very quiet. If you wake him, if you shake him, he gets very mad. Roar! And then, and then I know roar. some people who go, if you wake him, if you shake him, he gets very and then they roar on mad and stuff. You know, that's how I originally learned it, but I've decided to not have them do that because then they're ending up just screaming at the end. Uh -huh. So I have them stay quiet the entire time, even in, if you wake them. And yeah, that yeah. whole last phrase, we're singing soft, we're singing quiet, and we only get to roar. Do you crescendo? Loudly. No, I don't. I oh, keep okay. them quiet the whole time. But you could okay. certainly do it either way. But then um, I have the cute little bear puppet where the bear is like inside the little log. Yes. So when he's inside the log, we're singing soft. When he comes out, we roar loud. Yes. And so that's kind of my first introduction into loud and soft is through the whole idea of the grizzly bear and the game where one student's just in the middle sleeping. They're the bear. And then their eyes are closed. And one student just goes and taps the bear while they're sleeping. And then at the end of the song, the bear wakes 
picks up and has to guess. Wow, who taps you have them. someone who taps it. Oh, that's oh, yeah. that's a different that's a different thing. That's, that's how I on it. learned it. And I mean, it has no musical concept whatsoever, that's but it's just right. a fun game that they absolutely. Oh, love. I want to try that that yeah. that way. They love that. Who tapped me? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it, it ties right into the chant going on a bear hunt. So then you can have them do the different parts of the song, obviously, when they're going into the cave at the end. And there's so many different versions of this chant. I'm not even going to go there. I just used the picture book, and I can't yes. remember the illustrator, but we'll be sure to put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah. Whatever that version is I think is it's... how I do it with the kids. Okay. I, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, if it's the family that's yes. going on Michael the something. Hunt. Yeah. And then at the end, they go into the cave so we get really soft. Right. So just this whole idea of when you're in the cave, the bear is sleeping, you're soft. When the bear is awake and you're running away everything's loud right and then of course lullabies are a good thing to to pull in the beauty of loud and soft and fast and slow is you really could take anything yes and find a way to make it loud and soft it's nice if it's thematic and it really fits what's going on right but you can take any of your things oh of course yes and change the tempo and change the the dynamics so um the next concept i go into in kinder and this is where i'm in now actually is uh this idea of melodic contour of going up and going Mm -hmm. down so not necessarily isolating high low i get to that later but just the idea of things going up and down so of course now being fall it's a lot of down 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 apples falling to the ground or leaves are falling to the ground and i do these things in both major and minor tonality. Yes, and you can do a lot of tracing of ghosts. Uh-huh. And, you know, tracing of, if you're able to go there, tracing of, like, Halloween uh, graveyards would go up, yes. down the gravestone, and right. into the sky. And, and, and this is where I love to also pull out the, the tone bars. Mm-hmm. And I have one of those little stair-step deals where you can set the tone bars on so it looks like actual steps. I'll be sure to take a picture of it put it in our Instagram and Facebook and then have them play it going up and have them play it going right. down. And scale songs yes. are a big hit. Yeah. Although several of the scale songs that I've used in the past I have thrown away now. Um because of various like, okay, I know a pussy willow. She has a little oh, yeah. yeah. No, I I have a little pussy. Yes. Yeah, I don't do that one anymore. Well no, yeah. I could see why Which, yeah. the pussy willow song. Yeah. Yeah. No. I just don't say pussy because mm. We don't want to go there. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, anything that involves, I mean, just using your creativity. If you're working on up and down in in the wintertime, then Mm -hmm. you've got the snowman. I've got one little snowman. I know a little snowman. He has a carrot nose. Oh, I know a different one. Okay, now I'm just losing my mind uh, no, on the that's snowman okay. song. Um, but the point being, now you're building up the snowman, and then he melts down. Exactly. Or snow is falling to the ground. I mean, the possibilities yes. are endless. Right. Let's tra- <laughs> Can we transition that into high and yeah. low? Yeah. Because it kind of rem- it brings to mind something that I do this time of year, is something from a Jill Trinka volume called Up Down. But we're not going up, down. Mm-hmm. It's just up, down. All through the town, running down the streets in my granny's nightgown. Which is actually, um, was a song written by Grace Nash from yes. the Orf World. Keep, keep going. Oh. Finish the song. <laughs> do you not know this one? I do, but I oh. just like listening scaring to you singing. all the dogs. <laughs> Boo! Scaring all the cats. Boo! Scaring all the mice in the old man's hats. And it's up, down, 
all through the town. And it repeats. I just like how you sing it. I just wanted to listen <laughs> to you sing that song. It's just a fun one because you put little motions with it. And it, this is one of those way prep songs for me. Like some of my prep songs, especially for high and low, I'm not doing at the time that we're really focused on high low. I am not on high and low right now. Sure. With my kindergartners. Yeah. That's not happening right in my right. world right now. Um, but I do this up down song as a loud, mostly soft song because oh, yeah. I in within the loud soft concept, I like to do songs that are mostly soft and songs sure. that are mostly loud, right? Yeah. Especially when we're we're talking, we can tie it into those lullabies. So mm-hmm. this up down Halloweeny song from Grace Nash is just a wonderful way for us to be like Ooh, soft can be suspenseful. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Right? And, of course, you can add booze at the end of that and oh, make yeah. it loud. So you can go there. But then later on, when we are doing high and low, we can pull out this up, down, all sure. over the town. Now, to back it up just a little bit, with high and low, I was taught with Joe Kirk, level one Kodai teacher, to be very intentional about making sure you're doing things where they're hearing the high and low yes, an octave vi- first. first. Uh-huh. Um, and then bringing it down to a fifth. Exactly. And then bringing it down to the Right, third. which is another reason why I wouldn't use this one. Exactly. You know, but this you is just planting that seed. Totally. You bring it back later. So for my octave one, I'm a big fan of the hop up, my ladies. Oh, good. Yeah. Because they can literally hop up when they hear the up is when they hop up and then I bring back the tone bars but instead of having the full octave I now take away all the middle ones Uh so we've got our low one and our high one so we can play the hop up on the tone bars so you can really see that really big I know that but I don't use that yeah I'm gonna put that in my collection yeah oh that's a good one for that thank you and then when we shrink it down to the fifth I'm a big fan of ring around the rosy because of the all fall down you've got that fifth right there where they're hearing it and that way descending but then again now I can bring back the tone bars and now I've got the fifth on right so they can still see this one's higher and this one's lower I do a similar thing with the tone bars Mm -hmm. with old King Glory yeah because we do the octave Old King Glory of the mountain, the mountain was so high, it nearly touched the sky. The first one, the second one, the third one, follow me, Mm -hmm. right? So I have them just play first one, second one, right? And we do that first with our bodies physically reaching up and going down on the numbers, right? Um, We ignore the whole third one, follow me, of course, (laughs) with the tone bars and stuff, but I'm I'm liking that. that. Very high to that very low. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then by the time I'm shrinking it down to the third, um, this is when I'm probably into the spring. This Mm -hmm. is kind of one of the last things that I'm doing with kinder. So this is when I can pull... Baby Bumblebee, if you do it the melodic version, oh, has okay. the so me or rain, rain, go yeah, any so me. This is where you get into so me land, but we're not calling it so and me, we're just calling it high and low, exactly. And, um, yeah, there's so many so me songs, of course, you have to be aware that if you're doing a so me song where that law just pops out, yes. that maybe you don't focus on that part, exactly, or maybe you don't use it for that. Uh, with rain, rain, go away, yeah. I'm just showing them the icons of just that first phrase, exactly, just the rain. Rain, rain, go away, high, low, high, high, low. And we've got big umbrellas or big raindrops right. or whatever you want it to And you're be. extracting. Yeah. So we don't throw out a song because it's got the whole oh, yeah. the rest of it. And it's good to say, since we are talking about kindergarten, that this is why it is so important that you're giving them this rich tonality. Yes. And you can do all these things with all of these comparatives. And like I know we've said before, 
sometimes Kodai people get a bad rap um, and people will say, aren't you tired of just singing So Me and Law all the time? But no I'm way. Not. Yeah. I'm not singing So Me yeah. and So Me Law all the time, especially in kindergarten. You do want to have that rich tonality and yeah. give them, just because they're not able to sing it perfectly right now does not mean that they shouldn't be introduced to it. And thinking back to uh, Mrs. Joe, Joe Kirk, uh, she does, I learned from her, a version of old Joe Clark where you're singing clap, clap, clap your hands, clap mm-hmm. your hands together, and do 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 yeah. do 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 Now, Mo-dal. right, are the kindergartners going to nail that? They're like, oh, that's very mixolydian of you. Yes, I'm sure. That, <laughs> right. But you know what? Some of them are singing. Some of them aren't. Some of them are just hearing it and experiencing that. But of course, we want to pull these these things into their world. Like, yeah. it's not all so me and so me la and ta and tt. They're going to hear syncopated stuff. Yeah. I'm not calling it when we're, we're not going to call attention to like right. the syncopated clock. We're going to play the wood block. We're going to play the TikTok block and we're going to move to it. And then we're not going to say, oh, did you catch that measure where yeah. we were all funky we there? We call that syncopation. No, we're not doing that. Not happening. All right. Well, okay. So that brings us to kind of our last concept in kinder, which is short and long. And yeah. like you said, I mean, that's really a big giant prep for ta and TT. Exactly. So any of your ta and TT things you want to also do in first grade, it's good to have some of those things that bleed from one grade into the next grade. Exactly. So again, you've got your BB bumblebee and your rain ring go away. and um, But you also have other things that are really just like we had the octave mm-hmm. for high and low, and then we bring it in. You can do the same thing with the long and short. So, for example, seven jumps. Yeah. That piece where they have to hold a pose. Oh, yeah. On the long sound. Having a very long sound uh-huh. to a very so short So you've sound. got the very long compared to the very short. Mm-hmm. Um, something that has happened, just a happenstance that has turned into a long and short thing in my world is when I do, Here Comes Mrs. Macaroni Riding on Her Snow White Pony. In the land of glory, glory, this is Carrie's wedding day. See, see, see for Carrie. That song, mm-hmm. which is a great steady beat, and it's great to get them singing and moving, and the momentum of that song in game is very exciting. Yeah. And I do that in first grade, but I do it a little bit in kindergarten just in the last couple of years. But when we do Mrs. Macaroni, when the kid is picking the next person or yeah when they're partnering up because there's a child in the middle of the circle who gets to get another student and they link right arms and they they dance around while we're always while we are all singing the name and letter of the next kid right so carrie's in the middle and she has to pick the next kid and she's going to go pick bob during that picking time in the land here comes mrs macaroni this is Carrie's wedding day. Oh, yeah. It naturally, I don't know if you've had that experience, but it naturally is that we sing that long. Uh-huh. This is, and we hold on to it until Carrie makes a decision and finally she goes to Bob. Yes. Bob's wedding day. Yes. So that is kind of by default become. We have a long a, We've got that sound long there. sound. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, that was a lot oh, of no, time right. to talk about that one tiny thing. 
Well, let's just finish up our kindergarten focus by just talking about a couple of our favorite resources. Yes. As far as great places to go for songs and activities for this age. So you mentioned the the Amadon's book, I'm Growing Up. Oh, so wonderful. Amazing resource. And this is another perfect example of a book that's full of really rich things melodically. They're yes. not just a bunch of somi songs. And ri- well, yeah, and, yeah, and rhythmically. Yeah, totally. So these are songs that not necessarily are you going to be using to teach a specific concept, but it's really good repertoire that they will love and then just keep repeating. Yeah. And this is the other stuff. Yeah. And it comes with an audio recording as well as a DVD recording so you can actually see. Does the book come with a DVD too? I'm pretty sure. Mine did. So, hmm. yeah, you've got a video recording where you can actually see them working with children. And so sometimes you read the directions and go, huh, what does that really look like? And right. so you can actually see it. Right. Um, another favorite that I just got recently, based on your recommendation, Tanya, is um, Susan Brumfield's 100 Little Songs and Rides. That is such it's, a gem. It's a great I had to like email Susan and say thank you so much for this resource because a lot of the resources that I've been using in Kodai Level 1 have gone out of print. Yes. And, or they are kind of in print, but you have to like talk to the publisher directly and it's right. been a re- real pain to get them. So I used to love using um, Carol Heath's Song Garden. Oh, yeah. Which are just really beautifully done. So those volumes are fantastic. But that's out of print Out now. of print, yes. yeah. Um, and there's Sandy Mathias's Sing and Play, which is an awesome resource, but you have to get it directly from Capital. Yeah. Worth getting, totally. but a lot of those songs and games now are in the 100 Little Songs and Rhymes in Susan Brumfield's most recent book. Yeah. Um, so, wow, that's great a resource. great thing to have. Uh, Fire Robin materials, there's a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I know they've been repackaged and reformatted, but I have volumes that are songs um, for circle making or... Yeah. Yeah, circle, circle songs, songs. Echo songs. Beat call and motion response. songs. Yeah. And then anything that's in that first steps for music, you know, curriculum. Yeah. Um, which the, is kind of for preschool into kindergarten. Yes. But there's some a lot of, of his like straight ahead curriculum. Well, the, the straight ahead curriculum materials, some of the issues I've had, and I don't know if there's new additions that have rectified this, is that sometimes he doesn't give titles to songs. Right. And I mean, oftentimes he doesn't give the source right. material, which is yeah. kind of a, a, a thing that people are. You have to do your homework. Yeah, you have to do do your research aside from what you've seen in the book. Right. But um, the standalone volumes are are my favorites as far as the Fire Robin stuff. Yes. Yeah. So now it is time for a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, and Tanya is going to share one today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And like we always say, maybe you've already thought of this. Maybe you already do this. Oh, well. Just, you know, smile and nod and go, oh. Make yourself feel good that you already do what Tanya does. (laughs) Yeah. Or what Carrie does. Oh, whatever. Uh, So, and I shared this on Instagram the other day. When doing like a storybook where you really want to make sure kids are looking at all the pictures, on some of these books, maybe you don't know the resource as well. I'm thinking about like Fire Robin. Man, we're doing a lot of Fire Robin shout outs today. But a lot of those Fire Robin song tales, for example, maybe you don't have the song memorized and you want the kids to see the book. Put a sticky on the back, list out the verses. 
Yeah. I, I did this. Um, I, the one I showed on Instagram was for Mama Buy Me a China Doll. It was not the Fire Robin one. It was a, a one that's out of print. That's my favorite one. And I did this initially for a student teacher because she was reading it. And instead of like always putting your head in the way and, right. and looking and seeing what the next thing is, um, she just was able to roll with it and just sing from the sticky. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. And for those of you who maybe are like me and you've got so many songs in your brain that the cumulative ones are just kind of falling apart, yeah, um, it's good to keep on track by just having that little cheat sheet going on. Love it. We have our CODA section where we each share either a professional or a personal recommendation of something we've been enjoying in life. And you are up first, Carrie. Okay. What would you like to tell us all about? I want to talk about my cue ball microphone. And I might have mentioned this before, but now it's it going to be so an cute. official. Did you bring it to coda. your workshop? You know what? I didn't. Um, part of it is the connectivity of like where to plug it into. You have to plug in it. Okay, well, let me back up. So a cue ball is a microphone that's within like a soft like foam ball. So you could toss it and roll it. I, I tell the kids not to specifically bounce it because I feel like that might be a little jostling. <laughs> but then inside yeah. is the microphone. But the beauty of it is when you're moving, the microphone, it doesn't, it's not It's on. pretty it's durable. Not active. Well, it's not picking up okay. things. So like while you're throwing it in the air, it mutes itself. And it automatically clicks on when you... And then once you hold it still enough and you sing into it or speak into it, then it picks up And it's voice. really reliable. And it, Yeah, it's pretty good. The kids are still getting used to the fact that you do have to, like, hold it still for a second before you start talking. Okay. Like, if I toss it to a kid and they're going to sing or speak into the microphone, they have to take that, like, little meta second to just stop and then speak into the microphone. So, like, if you're doing it with a song where you want them to sing a solo, you have to make sure you toss it early enough that they can hold it before they sing their solo, if that makes sense. The one thing I don't love about it is the way you have to actually turn the microphone on and off. You have to open up the ball and turn on the microphone inside the ball every single time. There's what about not, to turn it off? Same thing? It'll turn off automatically okay. after it hasn't been in use for a while. So that's good. But well, that's every probably time I a safe it, thing because yeah. you don't want kids wandering in. And like... I know, but I just wish I could just turn it on more quickly because in the heat of the moment, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just going to grab the cue ball. And then it's like I'm like jostling with this thing and you got to like unscrew the little lid part and and anyways but I mean that's a minor thing other than that it's been really great and I've noticed like I pulled it out when we were doing jump in jump out turn yourself about mm -hmm. with my fourth graders and some of them were kind of over that song because we had also done it in third grade but then the chant. second that I got yeah chant thank you <laughs> the second that I got the cue ball out all of a sudden it was like a whole new ball game and uh, every hand literally. was going in the air yeah. oh well thanks <laughs> I didn't mean to make it be so funny um so uh, let me just say this thing is not cheap it runs around $200 by the time it's said and done. Hello, Donors Choose. Exactly. But I got mine through Donors Choose or if you have, you know, extra PTA funds or if mm -hmm. you have a grant. It's it's just a really great way to encourage more solo singing and solo turn taking. I use it for vocal exploration. In choir, we toss it around the room and we trace the sound of the ball Ooh, as nice. we toss it through the air and then a kid can do a little solo after that. So 
anyways, it's just it's just another fun toy. It's not a cheap toy, but I'm trying to use it a lot because I got it through Donors Twos and it's fun. That's and the kids awesome. really like it. Love that. And um I'll try to share a video of you know, me using it in action with my kids so you can kind of see how it works and the yeah. whole deal. So cue ball. You can get them on Amazon and through Donors Choose, Donors Choose will go shopping at Amazon. So I got mine right. through Donors Choose through Amazon. Through Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Amazon. You oh, just taken over the world. You get everything at Amazon. Mm -hmm. All right, Tanya, your turn. Okay. Well, um, I've been talking... Well, I've been talking, but I haven't been, I've been talking the talk, but not walking the walk enough about world music pedagogy. Uh-huh. And we did a book study together where we read the volume two, two yeah. which is Elementary Music Education mm -hmm. by Christopher Roberts and Amy Beagle. And so if you want to look that up, that was a, a couple of summers ago, mm -hmm. and it's in our earlier episodes when we did this book study about that particular volume. Anyway, wonderful series I also have purchased the Early Childhood Education one, writ written by Sarah H. Watts. And honestly, I haven't dug into it enough. Uh -huh. uh, I've just kind of perused it. But I'm very excited because I think this came out very recently. World Music Pedagogy, Volume 3, Secondary School Innovations, is Yay. on its way to my house. So this is kind of a... Like, it's a preemptive coda. A preemptive <laughs> coda because I don't have it yet. However... Karen Howard and Jamie Kelly. I don't know Jamie Kelly. I don't really know Karen Howard, but I I, I think I sang her praises after the Oak Conference. Yes. Uh, so because amazing. she, I'm a big, I'm now a big fangirl of <laughs> Karen Howard, and I want to go and follow her around. Um, but of course, <laughs> she is one of the authors of this fantastic World Music Pedagogy series, Volume Three: Secondary School Innovations, and could not be more timely as I have these 7th and 8th grade middle schoolers who, you know, are 7th and 8th graders. And yeah. I um, am going to be doing some world music drumming with them coming up. And honestly, after that, I'm kind of like, and then what? And then what? Because it is yeah. a general music class. Right. We do not have a curriculum written for general music in our district. Mm -hmm. um, and all of, the all of the kids who want to be in band and orchestra, they go away and go to band and orchestra, which meets at the same time. Right. So... I'm one of the only schools that has general music in 7th and 8th grade with students who don't necessarily want to do more music in their mm. lives. Now, they're Fun very times. they're very sweet. They're, you know, I'm not complaining about my particular lot of students. Yeah. They're but they are 7th and 8th graders. So, yeah. you know, I want to treat them as 7th and 8th graders and I'm an elementary music teacher, so I want to make sure that I up my game. World music is something I think that they could be very engaged in oh, so yeah. I, I mean, just all kids love exploring music from other cultures and well I think especially older students yes they really enjoy especially that. older students and these kids in particular have been in their little mountain community since kindergarten yeah they're at a k-8 school and some of them are like oh my goodness get me out of here yeah um which makes sense sure, totally because they've been in the same school for a very long yeah. time well you'll have to do a follow-up once you oh, start incorporating yes. some of this i just can't going. wait till it comes to my doorstep and um thank you everyone in the world music pedagogy world for yeah. putting these publications out totally we've reached the double bar line thank you for listening to music teacher coffee talk Show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring blog. 
Connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for the handle Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we will be talking about first grade and doing a focus on um, the concepts and some of the things we enjoy in particular for that grade. So until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking.